welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. All right, everybody. Today we have Miss Lisa Tomeo with us. If you want to find her, you can find her at www.scholar.com. If you want to get in contact with her and just have a conversation or just know what she's about, ltomeo at scholar.com. Miss Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, day at a time. Day at a time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Tell me about yourself. Tell me about you, your company. Like, give me a little introduction. Well, I am a serial entrepreneur. I, um, it's, it's a sickness, I think, in, in many respects. <laughs> Once bitten, you just keep doing it over and over again because you keep coming up with things that you, that you want to do. I've been doing companies for over 20 years, and I've actually been building companies with my husband, who is my CTO. And so he and I have very complementary skill sets. And uh, we do the companies together. We've built several. The first of, of our companies was acquired by Autodesk. Um, that was in 19, uh, sorry, 2008. And, um, and now we're, we're doing Scholar, which is uh, an open platform, just like the first one was, uh, the one that was acquired by Autodesk, also an open platform. So that's what we love. That's what we do. Um, and the, the differences with this one is that it's in the animal industry and it has a hardware component as well as the platform. Okay. So can you explain to us what Scholar is exactly from, you know, the consumer's point of view? Sure. So Scholar from the consumer's point of view is everything you need for your animal in one place. Um, it's, it's a little bit like the smartphone, right? Like, so if someone had said to you, uh, DJ, 20 years ago, um, that you could have the world in your back pocket with a little handheld device, you would have just like, you know, you, there's no way that you can understand what that means. But we have all this precedence for it now. So what we've created is basically the same concept, but for the animal industry, which there is nothing like this yet until now that now we've been launching it. So it has a device, which for the dogs and cats is a smart collar. It also has modules to expand the feature set of those collars so you can include your doors and your feeders and your invisible fences and whatnot. Um, it has a beacon so that you can track movements of the animal within the house or keep them away from things like that nice new leather couch you've got. And then it also has all these other aspects of it, the marketplace. Um, and, and we will be enabling things just like what happens on your smartphone. So if you need a, a local groomer or you need training or you need a pet sitter, all of those things will be enabled on this platform because we literally want you to be able to have a one-stop shop for your animal. And then the, the other piece of Scholar, which we don't talk about publicly very much yet because we're still working on it, is that it will become an animal agnostic platform. So we moved from the San Francisco Bay Area to the Midwest to become part of the Animal Health Corridor in no short part because ranchers want our technology as well. So for um, cattle, 
sheep, goats. The racehorse industry has reached out to us. Uh, I have a special um, spot in my heart for working animals, working dogs. And they all need some manner of this kind of platform where they can have all the care, all the information, um, and everything that they require in one open place. And then the other piece about Scholar is that it's completely open. So we can partner with anyone and everyone in the industry. So we don't have to be the experts. We can just partner with them and bring that in, that technology and that feature set onto the platform. Wow. So it's not like you just said it's uh, Alexa and a collar. That's what I heard. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, we kind of think of it like an, like an uh, eye watch for animals. That's true. what I wear. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, and, and in fact, you know, that we have multiple vendors that we're bringing on now for different foods. We have, you know, thousands of products that we offer in the marketplace. Now we have the smart colors, which we finally got out of China. Um, 2020 was quite challenging in regard to that. We have other hardware groups that we're going to be integrating with that help with health monitoring of the animal, pain detection, temperature sensing, things like that. So we're really starting to uh, like explode out what we can offer. So why, why this? I mean, I understand I heard you say you, I said, I I heard you love animals, but why? Like, you know, what, what just birthed this idea? That's, that's an interesting, you know, step to take, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, because I know your, your, your podcast is Profiles of Persistence. Had I known five years ago what it would take, I might've said, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I want to take this journey. Um. It was specifically because we were having issues with our own dog and cat and multiple collars for the, the invisible fence and the feeder. And we didn't know um, why he was barking all of a sudden or why um, he stopped eating. And, and so we thought, gosh, there's got to be something out there that will take care of all these things. And there wasn't. And we said, huh, let's do that. How hard could that be? <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. So. I mean, life experiences birth great ideas, right? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> what it is. So um, this is charted territory for you or was the pet industry unknown? Like, was that something that you guys were very hesitant in jumping into? Or was that just like, well, we have dogs and cats. Let's just go for it. Like, you know, how was how was that transition? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. Um, we didn't know anything about the industry. Um, what we know is business and we know innovation. And I always jokingly say that we live on the edge of a blade because in our minds, if there's a problem to be solved, let's just see what we can do about that. And I think if you, you know, you talk to enough entrepreneurs, you'll, you'll find a a similar thinking pattern there. Um, so we just put ourselves to learning. Like we only knew what we knew as pet owners. Um, and so what we did was, um, there's a couple of, of books of value proposition design and business model generation which have the canvases that you work in. And so we went through all those exercises to just sort of determine like what, if we were going to attack this as a business model, what would be the things that we need to know? Um, and then we thought, yeah, let's throw like $150,000 at this and see what happens. And, um, and then we now have become not just experts in this industry, but thought leaders, because what we've had to do is go to these big corporations because we work with, with big groups, you know, strategic groups, and they're very slow to change. And so we've had to actually become thought leaders. Like, okay, if you think about this industry and where it is now, 
and where it needs to be based on consumer preferences and changes in retail and changes in digital technology and changes in chipsets, here's where it can go. So we actually had to go further than just becoming experts in, in the industry itself. Yeah, that sounds like a, a difficult process because, you know, especially dealing with a company that maybe has been around for 50, 50 years, 60 years, it's like, it's not right. Broken. Why do we need to fix it? Exactly. And we've heard that so many times. And then they come back later and they say, you know, we see this thing changing. We want to talk to you. Like, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So like, okay, so uh, that that kind of helps going into the next thing I'm, I want to know is how do you stay motivated and keep going? Because like you said, you you get no's, I'm pretty sure. And in the beginning of this, you have a lot of no's. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot so of you know, people that don't believe in your vision that you see and your husband. Yeah. So how do you like make sure that you bury your head in the sand and just keep plugging away? Like what what was that driving factor for you guys? Um, I have a, this is going to sound kind of funny, but on my phone, I have an image and it's a long road, uh, and it's just desert out in front. And, and the, 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 the saying is I didn't come this far just to come this far. And, um, in the beginning it was more like, you know, we've just sort of tapped into this. We still don't know what we don't know yet. Let's just keep going. But then we did an early Kickstarter campaign. And suddenly we had several hundred customers and we started to get some notoriety. People were like, wow, that's a really cool idea. We didn't need investors yet. And so we were like, okay, let's just keep going and see what happens. First form factor didn't work. Okay, let's fix it. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's create the app. Okay, that's great. So this works, that doesn't work. You know, it's just like the process of, of learning. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, when we started to realize we were actually going to need external investors and I started getting in the room and talking to investors, that was when I really had that first sort of hit the ground moment, like hit the face, you know, my face on the ground moment, like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> um, because I had, you know, we sold our first company and I was a, an investor for years. I was an angel. I invested in equities and stocks and bonds and real estate. And uh, I thought, oh yeah, I know this. I know what the investor wants. This will be easy, but it wasn't. No, I mean, it just, we got laughed out of rooms. And, and that was when it became like, a real sort of philosophical question, like, why are we doing this? And for me, it always came back to, I really love animals and I want them to have the same level of care that I enjoy. And I, you know, our dog just passed away uh, last September and he was my very best friend. Like I started Scholar for Zuka. And, and so I was always sort of striving towards getting it completed for him. Um, Along the way, things changed. We got investors. We, you know, we had we got a big global strategic partner. You know, we started seeing successes. We started the marketplace. Things started to happen. We had employees, and so now it's really there's too much momentum, and and people are starting to understand. We were just too early, and so people didn't understand it originally. But now they're starting to get it, and they're like, you know, this is going to change everything. And I think to myself, well, shoot, I can't stop now. <laughs> like I said, I didn't come this far to come this far. So I just keep doing what needs to be done. And, and the interesting thing that I have found is as the leader is the evolution I've had to go through on a personal, philosophical and, and professional level to meet the needs of 
the company and, and, and where it will go. And we've learned things about the company that when we first envisioned, like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we didn't know a lot about what we know now about the company as we start to, to scale. Um, and so for me, it, it becomes like, I've worked all these years through the slog, the mud, the gook, the, 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 the insecurities. Um, and now it's, it's the fun part. Like we get to actually execute on things. So now we have momentum and it's, and it's far easier to, to keep that going. So what is your biggest obstacle? You would say like now that you're like looking and you can see the top of the hill, what are those barriers that now like kind of smack you in the middle of the road? And it's like, who is that? Like, you know, like what, what yeah. are those, you know, unbeknownst things to you and your company and, you know, your husband? Sure. Well, certainly COVID was. Um, for everybody. For everybody. Right. And, and that's really a, a lesson in resilience and, um, you know, getting back in the mud, like, okay you know, something happened here. Let's, let's fix this. Um, the other thing I would say is even though people say, this is so cool, there's still this teaching kind of hill we have to get over again, going back to smartphones. If someone had said to you 20 years, you're going to do everything on this thing. You're never even going to put it down when you go home. You, you wouldn't have known how to process that. So for us, it's one of the hurdles is how do we tell the story of scholar to strategic partner to the investor to the consumer to the developer because they're all different stories and so that's constantly something that we're massaging and we do a lot of testing with customers um, we use a platform called user testing and we um, create guided or individual studies and we just get out there in front of them we'll just throw stuff out there like try this thing on the app or try this thing in the marketplace or look at this thing and and, and there's nothing more humbling or revealing than having someone you don't know tell you that's dumb i hate that you should do this instead. Like, oh, okay. So, you know, making sure we stay really in front of the customers, that's always an ongoing hurdle. And then, of course, you know, making sure you have the resources going because COVID um, put us behind eight months on the production of the smart callers and um, it threw our, our whole kind of financial schedule off. But we just persevered and kept going. So, so what would you tell future entrepreneurs since, you know, you're an entrepreneurholic and you've done so <laughs> <laughs> Good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, how would you, how would you like, what advice would you give to them? How would they, what from your experience since, I mean, you've been in the mud, you clean yourself off, you got back in. I mean, how, what advice would you want to give future entrepreneurs or people that are just in it right now? I would say persistence, you know, and one of the reasons I, I responded to you is because I really love the way that you're framing this whole thing. There is. There, so much persistence required, tenacity, right? So um, that's that's always got to be there. I actually tattooed the word "believe" on my arm, which you can just see here. Okay. As a as a reminder to myself, like you, Lisa, are responsible for pushing this forward, and you always have to be at the helm, especially as the leader. Um, and and I take that mantle very seriously. So I would say, if anyone is trying to do some sort of innovation, you have to believe that it can be done and that you can make it happen. And then the other thing is flexibility because we've pivoted multiple times on this journey. And um, I mean, I'm not telling you stuff that's, <laughs> that's like rocket science, like secrets, right? It's the same stuff people tell you all the time, but 
being flexible and pivoting where we needed to and not buying into the story that I think scholars should be, but responding to what scholar is becoming and what people are telling me scholars should be so that I can make it everything that it should be. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, tenacity and persistence, believe you can do it and, and, and be flexible. And then the other piece I will say is this is really a threshing floor. Like if you aren't willing to throw yourself in the mud when it's required, you shouldn't be in this room, you know, and there's different levels of entrepreneurism, you know, whether it's a, an ice cream store or a moonshot, right? Like Tesla or SpaceX. Um, you have to be prepared to, to do whatever's necessary to do it. And, and, if, and if you want something comfortable, this isn't it. <laughs> okay, so what's new? You got anything that you can let us know that is coming out for Scholar? Like any special new, you know, inventions or add-ons or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to add on a couple of new vendors to our marketplace. Right now, if someone goes to Scholar to see the marketplace, they'll see we have about 4,500 products on the marketplace, anything from pet foods to treats to toys, supplies, you know, the crates, the beds, the whole nine yards. Um, we're getting ready to add some new foods, which we're very excited about. Um, and then we're also going to be working with um, companies that are doing the health monitoring piece that will connect with our hardware so that we can do like this full, robust 24-7 monitoring of the animal. Because one of the things that was really devastating for me was when Zuko, our dog, was you know towards the end. I didn't know what, how to tell what was going on with him. So this has been a really important thing for us to find partners that can help us with the monitoring piece. Um, of the device on the animal. So we're getting ready to do some pilots for those. So that's really exciting. Um, and then we got the collars out of Shenzhen. We have like the first 50 production units that are in the field now being tested and on animals and we're learning and getting that firmware really dialed in. So we're actually going to you know, get those units out in the field this year. So that's that's been a long time coming and we're really excited about that too. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Ms. Lisa. If you want to find her, so much. you can find her at www.scholar.com. If you just want to contact her, find out a little bit more, you can contact her, ltomeo at scholar.com. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you are a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag profiles in persistence. I love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.